0: Hey, good morning. It is Wednesday, November 25th, Thanksgiving Eve 2020. Oh my gosh, we've got like seven real fun DC stories for you to follow along with us today, including Kelly is hot on the trail of a big old lawsuit on Capitol Hill.
1: Uh, yes, it has to do with a tree house. It's <laughs> not what you think. Also, we've got the scoop on who got snubbed with the Grammy nominations. We have a Nintendo game that went for over $100,000 and... It's a wonderful life, is getting a reboot.
0: And a very, very crass comedian's gonna ruin Christmas. <laughs> Hit up the Real Fun DC app for all of our shows, all the time 24-7 on the Real Fun DC app. From DC. Broadcasting around the Beltway and beyond, it's Tommy and Kelly made in DC on the Real Fun DC channel and on demand anytime, anywhere you get your podcasts. And we're diving right into it because you know what? It is. It is our favorite season.
1: Okay. <clears throat> what is your favorite season? Awards. <laughs> of course, that's from Shit's Creek. It's. Uh, it doesn't get old. I'm sorry. No, it <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, the Grammy nominations came down uh, yesterday and... We are planning on seeing those at the end of January. Trevor Noah is hosting them. Uh, so here's sort of the takeaways. Beyonce led the way with nine nominations, including the big ones, Record and Song of the Year, uh, for, of course, Black Paradise. Um, sh- Taylor Swift, Dua Lupa, six nominations. Billie Eilish, four nominations. But everyone is talking about The weekend. He got completely shut out. Whoa. And of course he, the AMAs were just, you know, earlier this week and he performed, he got all sorts of awards. I think he led the pack with with awards completely snubbed. Um and it's just bizarre because twenty twenty one was looking like it was gonna be kind of his year because he's got a Super Bowl performance, but not a Grammy. Yeah, he's like, What's the deal with that? Uh also Katy Perry got snubbed as well. Well,
0: put Katy Perry's hasn't had really good Grammy luck.
1: Yes, yeah. yeah, uh, so it will be an interesting um, the weekend. That guy, know, he has
0: bandage on, he always brings the fashion. He's a hell of a performer. I don't I, understand. If, Look at that, he's got the halftime if, show coming up. If you oh, go, yay, to,
1: if you go to the socials, he's not too happy either. So, he's a lot it, to say about it. We're not going to get into it, but he's got a lot to say about it. He's talking about it, that's great, yeah. Good for him,
0: because artists are usually like, no, it's whatever. That's fine. Good for him for being like, this is BS.
1: (laughs) We don't live in that world anymore, Tommy. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) That's the old world. This is the new world. Everyone says what's on their mind.
0: So the um, Grammys will be handed out. I I have a theory, though, because the Grammys have been a little cursed, right? Like a couple years back, Whitney Houston died Grammy weekend. Last year, I think it was 2020. It could have been in the 90s. I'm not sure. Kobe Bryant died Grammy weekend. The Grammys need a win. I feel like there's going to be some good news this year on the Grammy weekend.
1: Tommy, let's not. D- d- yes, it, 2021 has to be better. It, by definition, it totally. has to be better.
0: That's what I'm saying. They're going to be like, you know what? We found unicorns or like everyone's getting a vaccine or something's going to happen on Grammy weekend. Mark my word.
1: Okay. Uh, That would make me feel a lot better. Thanks, Tommy.
0: (laughs) Yes. And the Grammys are always really important because you see a lot of fashion. You know, that's kind of cool too. And speaking of fashion, Kelly, do you know what Mario's favorite fabric is? I'm not answering this. Denim, denim, denim. (laughs) It never gets old. It never gets old. Yes. You were speaking of my childhood on this one because there's a Mario 3 that was in perfect condition and it went up for auction.
1: It sold for $156,000. Apparently, not only was it in perfect condition, it had the wrapping and all that, but there's some sort of um, rarity in the artwork that it wasn't like it was not a common thing. Um, First off, I've never played Super Mario. And so, Tommy, you're going to have to, like, break this down for why this is such a big deal. Mario
0: 3 was incredible. I remember, like, going to the video game rental store. (laughs) TikTok kids, look it up. And I would, like... Hope that it was available to rent for like a weekend of gaming. And then like my cousin and I or my friends would just like play it all weekend long because we had to beat it before we had to give it back on Sunday night. Again, I see TikTok kids look it up. It was back in the dark ages before things were just streamed to your device and you got a little glasses and you could be in virtual world. We had to play video games the hard way back then, kids. And it was just such a great game.
1: But why? So I don't get like it's in the in the packaging, so you're not going to be able to play it anyway. I don't even know if you have to have a console that would allow you to do it. Um, It it started. The bidding started at sixty two thousand. That's incredible.
0: (laughs) It it was like a rare game, like Mario. By the time Mario three came out, it was like not quite like the graphical awesomeness of like Mario Kart and like you know N sixty four. So it was. It was like still creeping along. I think I believe Mario Three was for Super Nintendo. Because there was Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo sixty four. That's when I kinda got off the got off the Nintendo bandwagon. And then, you know, of course it's like the crazy games that are awesome we see today. Mario three, man. Oh, a little piece of childhood. I love it.
1: economy can't be that bad if someone's spending $156,000 for a game they're never going to play.
0: Well, you know what they say, too, Kelly. Some people have more money than brains.
1: (laughs) That that is true. (laughs) Pete Davidson is uh, doing a reboot. And I saw the headline. (laughs) I'm like, it can't be right. Like, this is not. These are just words. (laughs) This is the headline. Pete Davidson to lead all-star version of It's a Wonderful Life.
0: I don't even understand how this is possible.
1: (laughs) Well, okay. I I wanted to knock it, but it does go to a charity. Um, Ed Asner has a charity um, that deals with mental health and wellness, which, as you know, Pete Davidson's very active in. Mm -hmm. And it's more of a table read. So um, Maude Aptow, who is the daughter of uh, uh, Judd and Leslie Mann, of course, um, and she's going to be in it with him and a bunch of other celebrities and they're going to do more of a table read. Okay. Um, and it's it's for a charity. And then I looked up to see if Ed Asner, I did not know he had this charity, which is great, was still alive. He is.
0: Good. Okay, good. <laughs> I did that same Google search with Bob Barker the other day. Okay. Also happy reports, still alive. Okay.
1: So the other thing is, Ed Asner has a Christmas connection. Because so I was like, well, Wes, um it's a wonderful life. Do you know what recent contemporary holiday movie Ed Asner was in? It's a tough one. When I saw it, I was like, oh yeah. Was it's he my- in Grinch? Uh, no. Or not Grinch, Elf, 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 Elf. elf he yeah. Yeah, yeah, he played Santa. He was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I there, I don't know, there's just like a random little holiday connection there. So it will be interesting. It's, go, it's coming out December 13th um, and it goes for a charity, so we can't knock it, but it is weird because Jimmy Stewart like, is pretty iconic.
0: Just close your eyes and imagine Jimmy Stewart. Merry Christmas! Merry, Merry Christmas! 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 Merry Christmas, Stewart! Merry Christmas, me Hallow! Merry Christmas, Emporium! Played by Pete Davidson. Do you plan on going home for Thanksgiving? No, I, I don't. Uh, it's not that I don't love my family. I, I do. But at this point, Thanksgiving dinner is just a bunch of old people asking me what Kate McKinnon is like. And I honestly don't know. She never talks to me.
1: (laughs) He's a really good actor, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like we'll be pleasantly surprised.
0: Just remember, every time Pete Davidson tells a dirty joke, an angel gets its wings.
1: (laughs) Oh, I think we all can get a little sentimental this holiday season. I think we might find the best of him, his sensitive side.
0: Oh, I'm totally down with it. I mean, that guy, like... That that guy's body of work from his Comedy Central specials to almost marrying Ariana Grande to Now It's a Wonderful Life. He's got range.
1: <laughs> That's true. And he's been through a lot in his life. and He's been very vocal about mental wellness. So I, I feel like he's going to bring his A game.
0: Yeah. And it's great that it supports a uh, mental health nonprofit.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: And it's not on my 2020 bingo card. So there you go. <laughs> One more thing we didn't expect. I Pete Davidson to be in It's a Wonderful Life.
1: As we get down to the final countdown, and he's like, what, five more weeks in 2020? Jeez. <laughs>
0: oh, my goodness. Hey, um, what's the situation with the planets getting a little too close? Speaking uh, of 2020?
1: Yes, this is, um, really amazing. This is the first time that this has happened in 800 years. And of course, it's happening at the end of 2020. So, um, apparently the, um, planets, Jupiter and Saturn. I've heard of them. They will be very close. Um, and they will appear to be what a scientist says, a half, a fifth of the, the only a fifth of the diameter of the full moon. So they're they're literally going to look like they're right next to each other. Oh, wow. And this is such a rare occurrence. And you, you'll be able to see it with your naked eye between the December 16th and the 25th. And they won't be this close again until March 15th, 2080.
0: No well, your calendars, folks.
1: Or some if you miss that or it's rainy or cloudy out that day, in the year 2400.
0: Oh, the year 2400. That sounds like a hell of a time. Uh, well, this, last... of course, would be video um, of Jupiter from our Real Fun DC satellites that you're checking out right now.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So there's Jupiter and look at it go.
1: Look and at it go.
0: <laughs> They would be next. Year. See that—that's actually a, a satellite of our satellite that's going past.
1: Tommy, that was not in the budget this year.
0: I'm sorry, Kelly. <laughs> I just—I uh, had a little stowaway along the most recent SpaceX thing, and then when SpaceX went to the International Space Station, our real fun satellite took a left. So that's where you're getting these beautiful pictures this morning of extra celestial, you know, out there bodies. So there
1: you okay. go. I think this is incredible that this is happening this year. I don't know. I just feel like okay, great. Add that to your bingo card, Tommy. That's what you were just talking about.
0: Do you think that there's more things that are happening this year or just more people tracking things to find coincidences of 2020?
1: Probably the latter.
0: Right? Because it, it, like, the space people, and don't get me wrong, they're feeling themselves these days because there's a lot of great space stuff going on. But
1: sure.
0: I feel like it's becoming like baseball stats.
1: <laughs> Right. Like this is the last time that this happened. Totally.
0: That Jupiter and Saturn were this close for 800 years, and then tomorrow's gonna be the last time that Pluto became a planet and then it bounced back and forth. And
1: well, now you're just doing you know. fake news. <laughs>
0: no, I I know, but then there's like this meteor that's like this close to that thing but hasn't been that close since that thing. It's like baseball. When you and your baseball people, they're like, Oh, it's the first time Juan Soto's ever stepped his left foot out of the dugout first, and then got a single. It's not it's not a stat. <laughs> it's not a stat. It's not a thing to remember. It's just a thing you made up.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to go check out Saturn and Jupiter. It sounds awesome.
0: I'm going to just going to go ahead and keep watching our satellite feeds from our real fun DC <laughs> satellites.
1: Are those like even real photos or Are those like more like what it would look like?
0: No, Kelly, that's not a real photo. Okay. <laughs> I got it from a cheap stock image video site. It's, I don't think it's real satellite. Okay,
1: all right. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Reuters wanted to charge us $90 for a photo of Whitney Houston. I don't think that the uh, <laughs> Jupiter photos would be free <laughs> on the internet with a nine ninety nine subscription.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, Hey, if you know so much, why don't you talk about Taylor Swift? Cause that's what you're an expert in.
0: Um, she's amazing. And she dropped a, uh, uh, just a, love bomb on us her uh folklore album there's going to be performance behind the scenes taylor swiftiness on disney plus which i mean my goodness it's going to be awesome of course she does all these things and they all have a meaning to them so she's doing it on 1124, which of course um was yesterday
1: <laughs> she made the announcement i'll help you out tommy yeah she made and the announcement. <laughs> she made the because announcement.
0: 24 minus 11 is 13
1: which is our favorite number. Mm -hmm. So it's dropping actually at midnight tonight. So this is something that we can all enjoy on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing to kind of binge watch.
0: And if you want to have a lot of fun on the internet, hashtag folklore on Disney plus, as you can imagine, she's posting up about it and there's Easter eggs. And um, we really uh, think the real reason is we saw online um, that our North Carolina bureau chief Jetta's birthday is today. So that's why Taylor did it.
1: Oh, okay a little birthday present for her
0: at least that's what she claims so there you go thanks for listening in north carolina
1: oh thanks i
0: was not prepared for that story kelly i apologize okay (laughs) i was busy getting our satellite video up and running this morning (laughs) i didn't prepare
1: yeah that's fine And pete davidson he went down a pete davidson rabbit hole
0: i watched a lot of pete davidson this morning and that joke about Kate McKinnon was all that I could play for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was clean, you mean?
0: Even on the Saturday Night Live stuff. I mean, it was that, or he hopes that Staten Island falls into the ocean. Those were my <laughs> two
1: options. <laughs> He's been very vocal about that over the years. <laughs> Those were
0: my two options. And that's, I went with the Kate McKinnon joke because I felt it was safe for all audiences.
1: Okay, fair enough. Uh, this morning, we're learning, like, just. Uh, It just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Meghan Markle uh, did an op-ed for the New York Times, published today, and she revealed that she had a miscarriage over the summer. And the spirit of the article is, of course, to bring a little bit more um, interest, highlight what women and families go through when they go through a miscarriage, but really the article is about 2020 and reaching out to the others around you, asking them if they're okay. Um, And sort of she talks about the experience. And then at the end, she says, you know, we're going to be okay. Um, Of course, they are really um, spokespeople around mental wellness and mental health. And that's kind of the spirit of the article. But it's just kind of a surprise because no one really knew about that. Apparently, she was in the hospital for a couple days um, and uh, recovered there.
0: That's wild.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But the New York Times apparently has a whole series about um, mental wellness and disappointments in 2020 and trying to get through it. And beyond that, as we look to um, the holidays and to a better year in 2021.
0: And certainly not something she had to share either. That's really personal. That And that's, that's uh, impressive that she did that. She shared yep. that.
1: Yep. Yep. So, and she shared a lot of the disappointments in, in 2020 um, with Black Lives Matter and and George Floyd and Brianna Taylor. It's kind of, It's not just about her, it's sort of the disappointments of 2020 and how you come out of it being, are you okay?
0: Well, that is something to ask everybody. That truly is.
1: Yeah. Uh, So that was kind of like a surprise headline. And then you go to the other end of the spectrum and you and I, Tommy, you and I love a good old dispute that involves Washingtonians and lawyers and regulations and FBI, Right.
0: It's a breaking story that is five, six years in the making, and you think of everybody's neighbors getting along, but when they don't, especially in a city as litigious as Washington, oh my goodness, they don't. And you would think it would be over something like truly catastrophic, right? Something absolutely huge, but it's about 20 inches.
1: (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. This family on Capitol Hill had two little daughters. They were three and five, and they decided- to uh, five, this is five years ago to build a tree house for them. And, um, you know, they spent some money, built it, uh, in their backyard and it sort of became a neighborhood fixture. Now the father is an attorney, so he did do his due diligence and looked up, uh, what are the codes and regulations for building a tree house? Does he need to get a permit in DC? Apparently there was none. Built the treehouse and a lot of these neighborhoods in Capitol Hill don't have like a backyard or really a front yard. They're really just like stacked one on top of each other. And so people use the alleyway for like a common area. Not a lot of cars go back and forth in there. There's not garages back there. They they put planters and benches and, you know, kids riding bicycles and that type of thing. Well, the treehouse apparently went 20 inches over into the alleyway, which is the first problem, and it became just sort of an issue. Some neighbors loved it, some neighbors hated it. It was clearly in public space, so uh, lawsuits were filed all over the place to take this treehouse down. Over the course of five <laughs> years, it got so much to the point where the family who had the treehouse claimed that um, D. Dot, which is the the jurisdiction fell under DDOT because it was in an alleyway. Oh, in a thoroughfare, the old
0: Department of Transportation game. Ah. Yeah,
1: That they hacked into their uh, city zoning account. And so they reported them to the FBI because it was a federal computer fraud and an abuse. Wait,
0: wait, hang on. The family reported the DDOT or DDOT reported the
1: family? The family reported that DDOT (laughs) hacked into their zoning account without (laughs) their knowledge. Oh, yeah. I mean, and literally they filed it with the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center. Now, I do have to give a shout out. This was in The Washington Post today. Uh, All the all the uh, details of this, like, extremely um, complicated case. I'm only kind of giving you the highlights.
0: Yeah. Dana Hedgepeth has the article. It's incredible. (laughs) It's Um, incredible. But
1: the reason why we're talking about it is because they came to settlement with a mediator. Oh, (laughs) the treehouse has to come down in twenty twenty four. The girls will be teenagers that they, by the time that comes down um, and they uh, took away the fines that the family, no, either, neither side has committed or has admitted to any wrongdoing. BTW Please, do they just
0: take it down? No harm, no foul in 2024 when the kids are adults? Yeah.
1: Well, the kids will be teenagers and probably won't fit into this treehouse or want to go into it. So the family won basically. Uh Yes in theory yes they did um now a certified arborist must come and oversee the removal of the treehouse i don't know who's paying for that
0: oh the arborist people in (laughs) dc love their trees man oh my goodness Um,
1: so and there's a you know we're showing some photos of this treehouse there's some people in the neighborhood that like gave donations to help save it and for legal (laughs) fees but five years in the making
0: Wow. Wow. Imagine, though, too, if you're the FBI agent who like goes through FBI school and like gets all your training and you're like, all right, I'm on the Internet Crimes desk. Let's bust some bad guys. And then they're like, here, can you check out DDOT and make sure they didn't hack into this family's treehouse account?
1: Well, according to The Washington Post, the FBI never responded about the claim.
0: Got it. That would make sense. (laughs) The FBI is like, uh, open the newspaper. We're busy. (laughs) I
1: know. (laughs) 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 (sighs) But, you know, like typical attorney style, like Uh to even think about like, okay, I think they hacked in. So where would I report that? Yes. The FBI. And apparently, like, I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, this was something that was in front of like you know, the neighborhood council and there was shouting and screaming when we used to be able to gather. I mean, this has been a developing story for five years. I mean, I, I would movie in the making
0: we're get So, um, in my neighborhood, um, Mount Vernon triangle, I live a couple blocks away from Cobb park, which is a park that's going to be, um, you know, reinstituted and, and reinvigorated and it's going to be awesome. But I've been to some of those community meetings over Cobb park and oh my goodness, like anger on all sides, anti-park, yeah. Pro park and the people who are pro park are like, well, what kind of trees are going to be in the park? Is there going to be water fixtures in the park? Are there going to be girls in the park? Are there going to be benches or fences or how do we make sure the park is going to be safe? Is there going to be bouncy um turf or like hard turf? Is there going to be a dog park or a, like I can only imagine what like something as heated as a thing that appeared versus like an ethereal thing. We're all building together that we're all helping to get to. Right. <laughs> wow.
1: Remember the um, dog park in Chevy chase. Yes. Kind of with Too much thing. barking. Yeah. Now Chevy chase has like, I think every other household has an attorney in the house. So yeah. <laughs> it was pretty litigious there too.
0: Either in the family or on retainer just for fun.
1: Yes, totally. So these wow. issues can get pretty heated.
0: Can we also, as long as we're being like super local about this, like, my goodness, the people who run and become the ANC people who have to deal with this stuff on the front lines, like, good for them. I mean, I don't think they get paid at all, right, or they get paid very little to do it.
1: I don't know. Mine lives right across the street from me, and I, I will email her, like, the dumbest questions. And she she's so thoughtful and thorough, like, sends me these long emails citing all sorts of zoning and codes and stuff. I I don't know. I, I hope they get paid.
0: I hope they get paid. Like, at the recent election, there was, like, five people running for it in my neighborhood. And I was like, good for you. Like, wait, wait, get <laughs> it. That's awesome.
1: Right. If you want to deal with that crap, good That's luck.
0: So great. Like, way to go. I got to figure out how much they get paid, if they get paid at all. Because if they don't get paid at all, someone should, like, I don't know, give them a fruitcake I mean, this holiday season. They are or choosing
1: to do it. It's not like they're being drafted to do it. Right, because they have, like a real
0: like, a real, like, um... We have a sense to- of wanting to help out their neighbors. I know I just got a question from Doug and Ashburn about ANC on Facebook, what it means. I'm not sure what it means. I'm looking up it's, it now. It's
1: something neighborhood commission. It's like your local, it's an elected position in DC. Each neighborhood within each ward, and there's eight of them, they break down into separate um, neighborhoods. And that's like your neighborhood commission representative. That's why mine lives like literally across the street.
0: Advisory neighborhood commissioner. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Doug, they don't have a lot of those in Ashburn.
1: Well, they have, I guess the difference would be they have like the state senators and state representatives that kind of drill down into more local areas. We don't have those. Oh, is that what that would be?
0: Okay, so this is the map of the ANC in the district. So there's like ANC three and then letter. So it's like the ward that you're in and then the letter you're
1: in. And I believe I'm in B. So I'm ward 3B is my ANC. Got it. Yeah. So that's how, that's how
0: it's all broken up. Is that how that would work? So that's how like the state senators and representatives and stuff would be.
1: Yeah. I, I mean a little bit, I guess the representatives would probably be closer to um the ward council member. Hmm. So I don't
0: know. Or would they be like the congressional um members also to that fact, um, Oddly enough, I had like a real deep thought about that the other day. It's funny we're talking about this because I was like, when DC becomes a state, we're going to have to have like a state senate and like state representatives. It's going to be like a lot of like, where are we going to put them all? We have to have like an auditorium or a gymnasium or something to house those meetings. I don't know why that popped in my head.
1: <laughs> Is that before or after you changed the uh, daylight savings? rule about dc until it becomes a state
0: oh i'm still sticking with that i think we should not change the clocks i think we should have not fallen back until we become a state because when dc is a different time zone than maryland and virginia for half of the year it's going to grind this place to more of a halt than it already is and then (laughs) that's when that's when things get changed
1: or it's like a toddler like refusing to eat their vegetables basically yeah great sounds awesome.
0: I'm just saying is all when you're working on D.C. time for half of the year. Pfft, good luck. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think Siri can figure that one out in real time. It's not very nice. Uh, listen, sometimes you got to sometimes you got to make it happen. You know. Oh, look at that. Doug's like we can use RFK for the D.C. State Senate and uh, representatives to meet.
1: Um. Yes, Doug. I think that's a good idea. I <laughs> Needs a little.
0: You want to let them know or should I? Yeah.
1: It needs a little update.
0: <laughs> I don't know how we got here from the treehouse, but here we are. <laughs> if you want to get involved, uh, 703-782-4519 is our group text if you want to hop in there. Or, of course, the open mic button inside the Real Fun DC app. Uh, we've been talking this whole time. Uh, coming up, my goodness, Kelly, we've got a very special guest joining us
1: yes we have a contestant from the most recent bachelorette who lives here in dc we stalked him we found him and he joins us on the show and he's actually a really good sport
0: um you yeah stalked him and found him is a is a is a a bland way of putting it
1: (laughs) well he agreed to be on the show so it could not have been that bad plus courtney lachlan's
0: gonna ask him out live we'll do that next (laughs)